0: is one of those times of the year that you can talk to almost anybody about the Lord Jesus Christ. Not everybody, but almost anybody, and they're going to listen because they're quote-unquote in the Christmas spirit. What an opportunity we have uh, to tell people about Jesus Christ. I hope that you won't waste that, that, this opportunity uh, for you to be able to talk to people. i tell you, it doesn't matter where you go. I mean, just people right now are talkative. I was in the store at McDonald's, I guess, yesterday, and a guy started talking about my shoes. I had only a pair of tennis shoes on. I'm just telling you, people are just talking about anything. And uh, you have an opportunity uh, to, get to talk to people. And, again, I hope that you'll do that. Got your Bible. Turn to the book of Numbers this morning. Numbers chapter number 11. Numbers chapter number 11 this morning. <clears throat> going to look at verse number 10 through 15. Numbers chapter 11, verses 10 through 15. story of Moses is mentioned here with the children of Israel, another struggle that they were having. And actually Moses was having, and I want to look at that with you this morning. I'm going to pick it up again in verse number 10. Numbers chapter 11, verse number 10. Then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. And Moses said unto the Lord, so Moses is talking to God. Here's what he says, verse 11 through 15 is what he tells the Lord. Wherefore, or why, wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore, or why, is what he says, have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou may layest the burden of all this people upon me? Have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them? That thou shouldest say unto me, Carry them in thy bosom, as a nursing father beareth a sucking child, unto the land which thou swearest unto their fathers? Whence should I have flesh to give unto all this people? For they weep unto me, saying, Give us flesh that we may eat. Verse 14 says, I am not able to bear all this people alone because it is too heavy for me. If thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray thee, out of hand. If I have found favor in thy sight, let me not see my wretchedness. I want you to look back at verse 14. He says this, I am not able, Moses speaking to God, I am not able to bear all those people alone because it is too heavy for me. I want to talk to you for a few moments on this thought. I can't do this. I can't do this. That's what, that's, by the way, that's what Moses was saying. Moses said, I can't. I can't do what you're asking me to do with all these people, 600,000 uh, footmen plus women and children. I just can't do this. And so this morning, I want to make the application for us this morning and what, what uh, Moses was saying. Let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you again for your word. <clears throat> Lord, again, please give us the power of the Holy Spirit. The word's is saying, Lord, help your people. Help us again to be focused on thee. And Lord, if there's somebody in here this morning struggling with something minor or major, help us to realize we can't, you can. Lord, help us to be willing. Lord, again, give us the wisdom from your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church family, Moses' statement here was in reference to uh, the children of Israel saying, hey, listen, we want meat. In other words, we don't want to just eat this manna. In fact, we didn't read the previous verses, but it's, to me it's kind of interesting. In fact, if you want to read one verse with you, look at, back in your Bible, look at verse number uh, verse number seven. And the manna was as coriander seed, the manna that God had given them, and the color thereof as the color of bdellium, And then the people went about and gathered it and ground it in mills and beat it in a mortar and baked it upon pans and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was as the taste of fresh oil. What's interesting to me is that in Exodus chapter 16, verse 31, when God gave the children of Israel manna, the Bible says that the manna tasted like honey. And here they're trying to do is they're trying to change everything they possibly can with manna and that's what they, they talks about there in that verse, so they ground it, they beat it in a mortar, they baked it in pans. They were trying to find a way to make what God had given them better. And you know what the Bible says it tasted like oil. Now, I'm not real smart, but if I'm gonna drink oil or eat honey, I think I'd rather have the honey. And what happened is, is God had given the children of Israel angels food and they were trying to figure out another way to do it and I think sometimes we as Christians God gives us what's best for us and we think it's not best for us and so we try to figure out another way of making it happen and so here they're complaining to Moses and they said Moses listen uh, all we have is this manna <laughs> what they were saying all we have is this angel's food and listen we'd like to have more I, we, we we're uh, we were doing bible study I think yesterday about that same verse where it says the eyes of man are never satisfied And it's not just talking about what we see. It's talking about the satisfaction, our flesh. We're never satisfied. We always want more and more and more and more. And so here they come to Moses and say, listen, we would like to have some meat. And so Moses comes to God in verse number 11 through 15 and says, hey, listen, these people are weeping. They're crying. They're they're wearing on me. They're a burden to me. And he finally comes in verse number 14 and says, I'm not able. I'm not able to bear these people. And I want to kind of make the reference this morning that sometimes we have the same idea of, I can't do this and I don't know what your this is this morning but I think it's very applicable that what Moses was going through that caused him to say I can't do this is the same reasons for why we get that way of we can't do this. Now I don't think I'm going to hit it this morning because all of our lives are different but sometimes I can't read my Bible through in a year or I can't do the soul winning thing of knocking on a door. I can't live a consistent Christian life. I can't dress like that. I don't know what your can't is, but I do understand this one thing. It's not a matter that you can't. Isn't it interesting, we teach our children all the time, of listen, you're not gonna be a quitter. Your last name is, and whatever your last name is, you're a Smith, or you're a Hanks, or you're a Cornwall. You're not a quitter. Can I just tell you that as a Christian, you're a child of God, you shouldn't be a quitter. And most of the time, it's not that we can't, it's that we won't. That's the bottom line. It's not a matter, it's just a, bit, a matter of, hey, listen, I can, I can do this. If, if, hey, what's the promise? Philippians 4, 13. I can, say it with me. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now, I think all things means all. Last time I checked. That means I can live a consistent Christian life. I can raise children for, for the Lord, the Lord will put his blessing on them and be used of God. I can uh, con- continue to serve the Lord and still serve my family. I can do all those things. There can be a balance in the Christian life, all right? If you're with me this morning, say amen. amen. Some of you, it's like you're in a glaze this morning, all right? Are you okay? You all feel okay? Temperature okay in here this morning? All right, nudge your neighbor, make sure they're awake and not dead. It's really bad when you preach to corpses. They just don't make any decisions, all right? All right. <laughs> Now, there's three things that are mentioned in this passage here that the reason Moses said he, he couldn't do it, and I think it's very clear that these three th- three, same three reasons, is why a lot of Christians give up in their Christian life. Church family, I want to tell you, all of us are going to go through discouraging moments in our life. There are no perfect Christians. Church family, think about it. John the Baptist, who Jesus said there was not another like him, John the Baptist is sitting in prison and he sends disciples to, his disciples to Jesus and said, are you really the one? Now, think about it. This is to John the Baptist that baptized Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And now that he's in prison, he's doubting on whether this is truly the Messiah. I'm just telling you, all of us go through times in our life, I can't do this. Elijah, listen to me, Elijah was the man that called fire down from heaven. And it was Elijah that he calls fire down from heaven one moment, and the next moment he's running from Jezebel. There are no perfect Christians. Last night in family altar, our family altar was about Apostle Paul uh, with the kids, and we just last ten minutes or less, but or so. But I was at family altar with the kids, and I was looking at Apostle Paul, and it's very, very interesting that twice God said through the Spirit of God, He told Paul, "Do not go to Jerusalem." What did Paul do? He goes to Jerusalem. What happens in Jerusalem? He's arrested. For two years, he sits in a prison. Nothing happens, and he finally appeals to Caesar, and he's shipped off to Rome. Now. All I'm trying to say is that God tells us the good and the bad about people in Scripture and I just find out there are no perfect Christians or believers mentioned in Scripture and there's still no perfect Christians today. And you're gonna have times in your life, I can't do this. I can't, I can't have a good marriage. I can't raise good children. I can't, I can't do this. And I'm just trying to tell you this morning, all of us have times in our life, I can't. But I'm just trying to tell you that Moses, there were some things in his life that if he had just noticed, he could. All right? Now right, let's look at those three things this morning. All right, with me, here's the first thing I want you to notice. Look at verse number 10 with me. All right, now again, we're not reading the whole, whole passage here, and it might be best if we did, but verse number 10, it says, then Moses heard the people. Right? I'm gonna stop there, but look down at verse number 13. He's speaking to God, wherefore should I have flesh to give unto all this people? For they weep unto me, saying, give us flesh that we may eat. Now, can I just quickly uh, simply say it this way? The reason he said, I can't, I can't bear this, people, I can't, I, I'm not able, I can't do this, is because he was listening to people. I find that there's a lot of Christians that they give up on the Christian life, and it's because of what, they're, what people tell them. Uh, you'll never do that. Uh, Mom, I don't know if you've been in the service since i would mentioned Brother Buchanan, but I, I, forgive me if I, I am getting older, but... I don't remember when I was 16 years old, preached that message, and all of a sudden I came down, Brother Buchanan was sitting on the second row, and Brother Buchanan was probably 60, 65, maybe even then, maybe even older, and he said, hey, uh, you'll never preach like your father. That was the first time I ever preached a message, and that was the first thing I heard. Since as as I came down from the pulpit, I was 16 years old, he said, you're not going to be a preacher. You're not like your father. Now, I didn't have anything to prove to him, and he was a good man. I don't know why he said it, to be honest with you. He's in heaven right now. I don't know why he said it. I thought, I, I, that's amazing what you don't forget in life. But can I just tell you this morning that I don't care what people tell you, there's still a God in heaven. Amen. And God does with people what he wants to do with people, not what people think you should or should not do. Just I look If I'm not careful, I can look at the teenagers that we have in our youth group and I say, oh, they're never going to make it. They're not going to do anything for God. They're gonna, but can I just honest with you, your pastor doesn't know and your parents don't even know. What God can do with you. I want to tell you something. I've seen some young people that have been duds as teenagers, but something took place when they got to college that they matured drastically, and God did something in their life. That's why I say for us as church family, let's not judge our teenagers too soon because the verdict's not out yet. The verdict's not out yet. There's some maturing that God has to do. There's There's some experiences of life. There's some personal decision that has to take place. But when all of those things happen, all of a sudden you think, where'd that kid come from? I'll tell you what happened because there's a God in heaven that doesn't work in a person's life and he can put his hand on somebody and take his hand off of somebody and it's what God does in a person. Do not let people decide what you can and cannot do. Let God decide what you can and cannot do. And by the way, you got a book right here that promises you all the things you can do for you to say, I can't, I can't, I can't when the Bible says you can, I can do all things through Christ, then that, that, that's kind of like counterproductive. If you're a Christian, then I can do it. The reason uh, uh, Moses said he couldn't is because he listened to the people. Turn over to Exodus chapter 18. Again, I'm not going to be long this morning, but let's flip over to Exodus 18. I want to show you what his father-in-law told him. Exodus 18. I'm just going to start in verse 14 while you're turning there. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone, and all the people stand by thee from morning unto even? Look at verse 18, Exodus eighteen eighteen. Thou wilt surely <coughs> wear away, both thou and this people that is with thee, for this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not, what's the word? able to perform it thyself alone. Hearken now unto my voice, I will give thee counsel and God shall be with thee. Be thou for the people to God word that thou mayest bring the causes unto God. I'm not gonna read the rest of that or even teach the rest of that story, but can I just tell you something? That was human wisdom, that was not God's wisdom. Okay, there's a God's permissive will and God's perfect will. This is what God wants. Can I just tell you that God used Moses because God chose Moses. It wasn't that Moses was not able to do what he was doing. Moses' father-in-law comes along and says, oh, what you're doing is bad. Can I just tell you, Moses' father-in-law wasn't God. And I want to tell you, there are going to be people that are going to tell you, you can't do this. You can't make it. How many times a new Christian comes to church, and all of a sudden they start growing in their faith, and they finally hear about this word tithy. (laughs) They say, what's a tithy? Okay, that word tithy in Scripture is the word tithe means 10%. It means that 10% of, our, of what God gives us is not our own. It's his. What I give above my tithe shows that I, how much I love the Lord. But me, by giving my tithe, that just shows I'm honest because that belongs to God. And he allows me to have the other 90% to live my life. And then I can give whatever i on as far as an offering. Now, when a, Christian, a new Christian comes to church and they hear that for the first time, they've never seen that before. They're growing in their faith. And they say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. If that tithy belongs to God, I'm giving the tithy to him. And so they start putting their tithes and their offerings in their plate and then all of a sudden some family member says, you know, you don't have enough money for your family to begin with. You can't be given this, this tithe thing to the church. That all they're out is to make money off of you. And so they, they have to make a decision and what if they're not careful, they start listening to family members and can I just tell you this morning, you will do more with the 90% of being faithful to God and giving than you will with the 100% if you keep God's tithe. You say, boy, I've never been to this church before and they're already asking for money. No, it's not asking for money. It's a clear command in Scripture. That's all it is. And that if you're a saved believer, you should give your tithe to the Lord. Do you understand that when it comes to our our Christian life, if we're not careful, we will listen uh, to man's wisdom instead of listening to God's wisdom. What does God want from my life? I can't do this. You can do it if you've got God. Moses, this is his father in law speaking. Now, think about that. Moses' father in law. That should have been a telltale right sign right there when your father in law is trying to give you advice. Okay. You're not able. You're a loser. Only thing you got going for you is you married my daughter. Do you understand that people sometimes will discourage us? Just when you don't lend your ear just to anybody. You've got to be careful on who you listen to because who you listen to develops you. And because Again, I've said, again, it's a quote by Sam Jones, but the idea of what you are is based upon who you, who you listen to, whether it's by book or by person. We have to be careful. We have to guard who we listen to. Remember what John, Peter and John said when they were, uh, they were arrested? And they said, hey, listen, don't talk anymore in that name. The priests were telling Peter and John this. What did Peter and John say? Acts 4.20. He says, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So, can I just tell you, it's the same way. If death and life are in the power of the tongue, it's not just death and life going this direction. It's also death and life coming back toward us. In other words, what we hear can cause death and life are in the power of the... So, when we hear from people, it can cause us to have death spiritually or life spiritually. Listen, we... I know that in our technology day, there's so many more books, and especially by internet, there's so many things as far as technology that a person can see and hear. I just think as a Christian, you should just not open up the gate for anything and everything. I think you should be particular. I think as a Christian that you just cannot just listen to everything that's out there just because it's Christian. Hey, listen. I love you this morning. I I'm not trying to hurt you this morning, but there's probably several of you in here that you listen to Christian radio. I don't know what kind of Christian radio that you listen to, but I can tell you one thing, everything you listen to on Christian radio is not right. right. Yeah. And I don't even know because I don't listen to Christian radio because you know what? I want to pick and choose who I listen to. Yes, if I'm going to get in a vehicle and drive several hours, I have enough just from a sermon audio that I can pick and choose what preachers I want to listen to their messages in my short amount of time that I'm in a vehicle. I don't have to say, okay, radio, tell me what you want me to hear today. I'm not telling you you're wrong for listening to Christian radio, but what I'm trying to say is you have to pick and choose on who you allow to have your ear because if you're not careful, you can, we cannot but help but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Our belief system is based upon what comes through the eye gate and the ear gate. So can I just tell you the reason Moses got discouraged, I can't do this. The reason he couldn't do it because he had a father-in-law and said, you're not able. Because he had 600,000 footmen that said, where's the food? He got to the place where he's listening to people. You know, I want to tell you something, blood's thicker than water, and I know that's not a a Bible verse, it's more of a cliche, but I want to tell you something, you don't have to live very long to figure out that that's true. That people take what a family member says more strongly than even what the Bible says, in a lot of cases. By the way, that's wrong. Blood should not be thicker than water, because it's a spiritual matter when it comes to our life, and God should have the preeminence above everything and everyone. But can I just tell you that oftentimes a person will listen to their family member over the things of God. And what happens is, I can't do this. Why can't you do this? Well, my my mom says I can't. My dad says I can't. Brother and sister says I can't. But it's not a matter that I can't. You can live the Christian life. You can be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. You can do everything that God wants you to do if you just pick and choose who you listen to. So I see, first of all, the reason they said that I can't was because he was listening to the wrong people. Or because he was listening to people. Look at something else here I want you to notice. you got your Bible there. Look at verse number uh, 11 again as far as Moses' prayer. Trishami, are mean, you still with me this morning? Say amen. amen. Look at verse number 11. Now, church I mean, the prayer is verse number 11 through verse number 15. There are 16 personal pronouns are in verse number 11 through verse number 15 where Moses is referring to himself. In verse number 11, he says, And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me? Have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them that thou shouldest say unto me, carry them in thy bosom as of a nursing father, beareth a second child, unto a land that thou swearest unto thy fathers? When should I have flesh to give unto all this people? I could read down to verse number 15, but can I just tell you, Moses' prayer was not about God's glory. Moses' prayer was about what he was going through. Can I tell you that the reason you say you can't when you really can is sometimes because you're listening to people, but second of all, is because sometimes you're living in the flesh and not the spirit. Now, think about this for a second here. God God does not get mad at Moses, but look what he says to Moses in your Bible there. Look at verse number number 16. Here's here's the Lord's answer, verse 16. And the Lord said, And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation that they may stand there with thee. Now, don't miss the next verse, verse 17. And I will come down and talk with thee there, and I will take of the Spirit, which is where? Upon thee, and we'll put it where? Amen. And they shall bear the burden of the people with thee that, that, that thou bear it not thyself alone. So let me jump down to the next verse and you we'll to see something else here. Uh, it's verse number 25, I'm sorry, verse 25. I'm, I'll read verse 24 first. And Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord and gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and set them around about the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in the cloud and spake unto him and took of the spirit that was where? And gave it unto who. Now, church, can I just ask you a question? This is a real simple question. Did Moses have enough of the Spirit of God already upon him to be able to do the work that God called him to do, yes or no? Because when he got those 70 guys to come along with him, God did not create or get more Spirit. The Bible says that the Spirit that was upon Moses, he just divvied it out. Can I tell you that the problem that Moses was going through, he was going through a time in his life where it was me and I and my, and I'm having such a hard time. It's not a matter that you can't. The problem is, is you're getting to that place where it's all flesh, it's all about me and I'm not being treated right and I'm not being taken care of and I can't do this and I can't do that. When truthfully, if you would allow the spirit of God that dwells inside of you to have the preeminence in your life, it's not a minute you can't, you can. Galatians five is the spirit and flesh chapter. In chapter five of Galatians chapter five, verse number 16, he says, but this I say, uh, uh, this I say then, walk in the spirit, 516, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Shall not, promise of God. Can I, can I just remind all of us that sometimes we get to that place, I can't and the reason I can't is because it's about us. It's, a, it's about our, uh, how we feel. Just remember, we started the basketball season. There's several of you that have kids in the Christian school. And to be honest with you, I'm sick and tired of messing around with these kids that don't want to play basketball. And I'm just being being forthright honest. And some of you might not completely like what I'm about to say, but I'm going to just tell you, okay? We're raising a bunch of babies. And when it comes to sports, I don't like to do this and I don't like to do that. And because I don't like to do this, I'm not going to do that. And I just determined this year I'm not messing with them. And I got kids on the team, on the basketball team. But can I just tell you, sports is not a bad thing. Now, sports can be a bad thing, but still can the radio in your car. But sports to a degree develops a young person in their life athletically. And obviously, there's the spiritual side of a person, there's the physical side of a person. But what a person does physically oftentimes carries over to how a person thinks spiritually. And I'm just telling you, sports from my life, it was a good thing in my life. It gave me drive, it gave me a no quit attitude, it gave me determination. And there were, there were things, and I know there's good and bad with everything, but I think sports is a good thing. Now, if you disagree with me this morning, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to trying to d- debate with you this morning, but I am trying to say this. When I came into the school year, I still scheduled the games in the school. Brother Mike, Mike, Mike uh, Michael Price is the one that's there. If I'm not there, he takes care of it. But I got to the place where I'm sick and tired of babies. I'm sick and tired of the kids that go to the Christian school that you think you have this entitlement mentality. You have no, no idea what it means to try out for a team. Oh, we have to play basketball. You're a baby. I have to run it up and down the court. You're a baby. Okay, now, I'm not attacking you very much. (laughs) But I just want to tell you that after doing that, this year, the team got together twice without me having a practice. And I thought, revival has taken place. (laughs) That they would actually get together to practice basketball without having somebody lead them by the hand or tell them what to do. I'm just going to tell you, I was impressed and thoroughly happy. You know, the reason a person doesn't want to play basketball or whatever sport it might be is because it's hard. It's work. Nobody wants to run up and down a court. Nobody wants to, to do jumping exercises, stretching, or pushing themselves. But spiritually, that's the same thing in our Christian life. Nobody wants to get up and read their Bible. Nobody wants to spend X amount of time in prayer. Nobody wants to take time out of their schedule to, to go soul hunting. It's the same thing spiritually as physically. It's called self-discipline. It's called, I know I don't like doing this, but I'm gonna do it. You came to church this morning. You could have slept in this morning, but you came to church because you have enough spiritual self-discipline to say, I need church, and that's why I'm gonna go to church. Just showing me mean, the, the fellas had their first game this last uh, Friday night, and to be honest, it didn't go very well. Like, <laughs> like bad. But when those, when, those, when those guys got together to have basketball practice without me twice, To be honest with you, I want to help them. And I can help them. Can I just tell you that if God saw you make a little bit of desire through desire of man having separated himself, seeketh and innermittleth with all wisdom. If God just saw that you had a little bit of want to spiritually Can I tell you, your flesh wouldn't win. The Spirit of God would win. It's not that you don't have enough of the Spirit of God. you got all the Spirit of God you're going to get the day you got saved. But what happens is, is we don't, we, we allow our flesh to take over, and it's about I, my, and me. And so because it's about I, my, and me, I don't feel like doing that. And so we don't do that, which harms you spiritually. And Moses came to a place in his life, God, why are you doing this to me? And why do I have to bring these people? And why are they calling talking to me? Why me? And it wasn't a matter that God did not give Moses enough of the spirit of God. Church, I me mean, think for a moment here. Ten plagues, parting of the Red Sea, manna coming down from heaven, hitting a rock and water coming out, holding his arms up and winning a battle against the Amalekites. Do you understand Moses saw God do miracle after miracle and had God's power upon his life. He came to a weak moment in his life where his flesh got control instead of the spirit having control. The reason you say you can't is a fleshly thing. You can. So, why did he say, I can't do this? He said, I can't do this because you've listened to the people. Why did he say, I can't do this? Because he got to a place where he was living in the flesh and not the spirit. One more thing I want you to see that's interesting to me. Why why did this happen? Numbers chapter 11, look at verse number 16. I want you to notice God's answer and again I read verse 16 verse 16 says the Lord said unto Moses but I want you to jump down to the end of verse I'll just read verse 17 and I will come down and talk with thee there and I will take of the spirit which is upon thee and will put it upon them and they shall bear the burden of the people with thee now look at the last phrase verse 17 that thou bear it not thyself alone is that that the very same thing that Moses said in verse 14 when he prayed to God in verse 14 I'm not able to bear all this people alone you know They say that the fear of being alone is called monophobia. I've never heard of this before, monophobia. And it's the fear of being alone, whether you're alone at home, whether you're alone in public. Yesterday, we took all the, I took a, I I couldn't tell you the number, a van full of people down to go to the parade. Plus, a lot of people met met us down there. And uh, Stephanie was about to, my Stephanie, uh, is she in here this morning? Stephanie in here? Right, wave to me if you're here. She's junior church, primary church. So Stephanie, uh, how old is Stephanie? How old? 14, 14 years old. I'm just trying to make sure my wife knows how old my daughter is, that's all I'm doing, all right? Sometimes I, she, she loses her mind, I'm just making sure she remembers, 14 years old, all right? Stephanie's about to get out of the van, now remember now, the parade is on Massachusetts Street, okay, the closest I can get to the parade is the next street over, which is uh, Vermont, Vermont Street, so I'm dropping off, the, and the parade is gonna go from 7th to 11th, so we have dropped people off at 7th, Seventh uh, in Vermont, they walk over to Massachusetts. So seventh in Massachusetts, eighth in Massachusetts, 9th in Massachusetts, tenth Massachusetts, and eleventh, we put groups of people with their tracks far and hand out. So Stephanie is about to get out of the van, and I, I list off four girls to go to that corner. And I was not thinking about they were all they were all teenage girls, but church family, there are thousands of people down there with this parade, thousands. Plus, I have people on every corner, plus people walking the streets, passing out uh, the gospel as well as as the the musical, but the the gospel on the back of it. And Stephanie says to me, you're going to put us out there by ourselves? She's about to get out of the van. And I put with her, Kaya, Kaya wave to me. Stand up for Jesus, all right? Kaya and Lexi and... Stephanie, who's the other girl? Sarah. Sarah, stand up. Hey, look how big Sarah is. <laughs> no one's running off with you, I'm just telling you. All right? And then Stephanie. Stephanie's about almost, almost the same size. Now, before you sit down, Steph- and Stephanie, which is about to get out of the van, she says, you're going to drop us out there by ourselves? Mm-hmm. There are thousands of people out there. There are people on every corner of our people. There are people walking... But you know what she thought to herself? We're by ourselves because we're on a corner. Can I tell you in the Christian life? Thank you, girls. I appreciate your help. And by the way, I, I, send, I went ahead and put an adult with them, too, after she said that. Right. Darcy, where's Darcy at? Where are you at, Darcy? Stand up, Darcy. Look at that. I, I gave them somebody to take care of them. All right? Thank you, Mr. All right. You know what happens in the Christian life? There's thousands of people around. There's Christians everywhere. But sometimes we just feel like we're alone. Nobody cares. Nobody knows what I'm going through. You're rubbing shoulders with people all the time. And you're rubbing shoulders with Christians all the time. And what happens, you say, I can't do this. It's just me. My husband's not helping me, my wife's not helping me, the children are not helping. Pastor's not helping. Church is not helping. I want to tell you something. You start to feel alone, and what happens when you get that alone feeling? I can't do this. Can I just remind you what you already know? As it is written, Hebrews 13, verse number 5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. What else? Your family, Moses was not alone. God, how come you? I can't, I can't, I'm not able to do this alone. He wasn't alone. I want to tell you something. It doesn't matter if it's the pulpit or the pew, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. I'm just trying to tell you every person deals with what I'm talking about this morning. I can't do this. I'm just telling you, you can. And I want to tell you how you can. Stop listening to people. I want to tell you how you can. Walk in the spirit, not the flesh. I can tell you how you can. Remember the Lord's with you every step of the way. Moses could have done it. He didn't have to take the spirit off of Moses. Moses had enough spirit to be able to handle those 600,000 plus people. And you've got enough of the spirit of God to handle every problem that comes into your life because you have a spirit of God, the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of you. I can't. I can't handle this health situation. You can I I can't handle this financial problem. You can. I can't handle this marital problem. You can. I'm going to tell you how you can. Because I can do all things through Christ. I got the Holy Spirit of God that dwells inside of me, just like that other person has. I can do this. if If the Lord wills, I can do it. I can do it. You can do it. You know, we get our eyes on the wrong things. I'm done. We get our eyes on the wrong things. There was an old guy that was running a, around the track of a football field. We have the same kind of field, fields, both, uh, both the high schools here, where they've got the football field in the center, and they've got a track that where people can run the track. This old guy does not say how old he was. He was probably He's probably 70. So he's out there running this track, and the football team comes out in the middle of the field while he's running the track. And inside of his mind, again, a story I read, but inside of his mind, he says to himself, I'm going to keep running until they're done doing sprints. This is old guy. So he's running the track, and he's dying. He's running and running and running, and they're doing these wind sprints back and forth, the, the football team is. And he is running and running and running and running, and finally he just couldn't do it anymore because they kept running. He couldn't run anymore, so finally he stopped. About that same time, a football player who's extremely exhausted comes, over to the, comes walking by and says, man, we're sure glad you stopped because the coach told us we couldn't stop wind sprints until that old guy stops running. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you, don't stop running. You can you can. You got to just keep going. Listen, I'm sorry for you. I know some of your situations that are beyond my control, your control. And to be honest with you, they tear your heart out as far as what sometimes people have to go through in their life. <clears throat> but God placed you here for a reason. Don't give up. You got to keep going. Would you bow your head and close your eyes this morning?